Welcome to the Sunny Hill Podcast. This message was recorded at our pool campus. For more information about service times and locations, please visit sunnyhill.church. Awesome. Well, um, thank you so much for allowing me to come back and be with you again. Um, Who was in the first meeting? Wow, hey. Oh, okay. Wasn't that great? No, it was amazing. God did something, but I believe God wants to do something different in this service, but it's equally valuable and it's equally life-changing. So are you ready for that? Do you want that? Because it's actually your choice. So I really encourage you right now that as I bring the word, you don't sit there and go, oh, okay. But you actually say, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to hear this morning that is going to change my thinking for what you want me to do as I leave this place? I brought a prophetic word um, to the church in the first session, but I actually want to write, read um, what I wrote down in my room before I came here. And it said, You're, you are coming into a huge season of change. Change is not easy, but we, if we embrace the change, God wants, um, God wants us to see incredible expansion. Some of the change will feel uncomfortable. God is bringing you into a season of uncomfortableness. Are you excited about that? No, I don't blame you for not being excited. Uncomfortableness is not easy. Um, But God wants to shift some thinking and he's bringing you into that season. He said he is shifting your thinking and positioning you for growth. The word shift means move or cause to move from one place to another. I'm going to be bold enough to say, I believe God's going to do something extraordinary, that he's going to give you a move from one place to another. He's going to give you a property that God is going to cause you to be able to minister out of in an incredible way. Now that's bold statement. But I really truly do believe that there is going to come a a supernatural um, provision of what God wants to do. Another meaning of shift means change gear in a vehicle. Are you ready for the change of gear? Because it's not going to be just sitting back and going, oh, this is nice. I believe God's going to cause you to come into the church service and you're going to go, oh, I feel so uncomfortable. God's starting to shift things in my life. He's starting to take some things off. I'm praying even right now as I'm speaking, the Holy Spirit's starting to move upon you that you're starting to feel something inside and you're feeling uncomfortable listening to this woman because you're actually not listening to me. You're listening to what God wants to do in and through you. You're listening to words that maybe don't even make sense, but there's something happening that's causing you to start to feel uncomfortable. It's really quiet in here. (laughs) To move or change from one position or direction to another. God's shifting you. And some of you are going to be shifted 180%. Yeah, that makes sense, doesn't it? Degrees. Give me a break. I arrived yesterday. At least I'm not falling to sleep with you like I did last night. See, 
180 degree. But why? Why do we need to shift? It's kind of nice. God's doing something, isn't he? No, God's shifting us all. It's not just your church. He's shifting Christianity. He's shifting what Christianity means. He's shifting what people declare Christianity is. See, no longer will we say, yeah, I'm a Christian, I go to church and do nothing with it. God's shifting us to, he's compelling us to start to have a desire to see him move like never before. I believe before the end of this service, some of your hearts are going to be so broken for the lost because that's what needs to happen. For too long, we've held on to Christianity for us. For too long, we've looked at Christianity and said, it's, it's wonderful, it's great. I feel great when, I, when I'm in the presence of God, but we walk out and there's no change. And the reason I know that there's no change and there's no shift, because across the world, it doesn't matter whether there are things happening in other nations or not. The truth is, in your nation and my nation, there is a plateau of Christianity. There is a plateau of people coming to Jesus Christ. Praise God, we haven't flipped backwards, but we're not going forwards. There's no growth. Yeah, but there is Ruth. No, because for, for just as many people who are coming into faith, there is just as many people walking away from faith. So what do we need to shift? What needs to change? I've titled my sermon this morning, Sunday is here, but Monday is coming. And there is an importance of the Sunday service. There is an importance of the gathering together in such a powerful way. The prophetic word that I had says, why growth? Because there are thousands who still have not heard the gospel and God has chosen you to be a significant part of the plan. Dom and Lou, expansion has been happening in you both. Uh, both. God is going to stretch you both and at times it will feel like any more stretching and you will snap. Snappy, snappy. But God promises that you will not snap. You will keep expanding and you will keep growing because there is such a move coming that you have not seen yet. You can either choose to believe that prophetic word this morning. You can either choose to think, yep, maybe that'll happen. Or you can grab a hold of that word this morning and say, I do not see it in my natural eyes right now, but what I do not see in my natural eyes does not discount what God has shown me in my spiritual eyes. And in my spiritual eyes today, I see this room overflowing. I see people coming from all spheres. I see people coming from the north, the south, the east and the west. I see broken people. I see wealthy people. I see people that are struggling financially. I see marriages that are falling apart being put back together. I see in this place a mighty move that there is not one seat that is available and that people can't wait. I see that no longer will it be, will I go to church? It will be, oh my goodness, we've got to rush so we can get into the service. I see such a power of the anointing of the Holy Spirit that we cannot stand in His presence. 
I see with my spiritual eyes and I do not focus on what I see in the natural. For what I see in the natural is my eyes. But God asks us to look and say, what do you see? What do you see? What do you see in your own life? Do you see brokenness? Or do you see a surrender of in my brokenness, I will praise your name. In my brokenness, in my struggle, I will declare you. I will sing a hallelujah. I will raise a hallelujah. I will not stand back in the middle of what I face in my life right now. I will declare who you are. Sunday is here. Monday is coming. Why do we do this? What's the purpose of the gathering? In 1 John 2, 28, And now, dear children, remain in fellowship with Christ so that when He returns, you will be full of courage and not shrink back from Him in shame. I do not want to shrink back from the power of God. I don't want to shrink back from God. When He comes, I want to be able to run into His arms and go, here I am. And I want to hear the words that say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Well done, you stayed the course. Well done, you pressed in. Well done, you didn't shrink back. You kept going forward. Well done, Ruth. And there's nothing wrong with wanting to hear those words. But if we have a sense of, oh well, It is what it is. Yeah, church is here today. Uh, I'm just going to worship him. Actually, I don't really feel like it. Good job, worship team. You're doing it for me. I'm really tired. I've travelled a long way. I've been on a plane and sat in airports, delayed from the time I left at an airport, it was two o'clock. On Friday afternoon, arrived here at 6.30 on Saturday morning, which is put another 11 hours, it's really Saturday night. I'm tired. I couldn't be bothered. Really? Really? You are worthy to be praised. Why? So I can be filled up again, ready to go, to face what God's got for me. What's the purpose of the Sunday morning? The purpose is to worship. The purpose is to give him honour. The purpose to worship God is not for us, it is for God. But God doesn't need our worship, we do. It encourages us and empowers us. It breaks down the walls of our stubbornness. It brings peace, comfort, and we can be touched by God in a manner that is different. In Colossians 3.16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts. Are you thankful for your God this morning? Are you thankful that He is in your midst? Are you thankful when you go through the trial? of many kinds. Are you thankful that you have to face things? You know what? Sometimes we're not thankful. Sometimes we're like, where are you, God? 
But it's when we come into this gathering and the worship starts and we put ourselves aside and we stand there and we just look up and we start to worship. And we say, come on, Holy Spirit, do something. I raise a hallelujah this morning. In the midst of my difficulties, God, I'm trusting you're going to meet me to do something fresh in me, to prepare me for what's to come. In Ephesians 5.19, we should address one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord. Don't worry about whether you can sing or not. It doesn't matter. If you're out of tune, we don't care. Just sing. If you don't know the words, make them up. No one will care. Just put God in it. Sing Jesus. But just worship. The purpose of us to hear the word of God is to equip us for what is to come the next day. It equips us to know how to live for Jesus, to cement our faith, to allow God to change something in our thinking. It's when we hear the word that we are challenged to go and be God's disciples. Tim Keller, his quote is, sanctification can happen on the spot as we sit under gospel preaching. Hear that? Sanctification can happen as we sit under gospel preaching. When we are sanctified and our hearts are changed, we have a huge desire to go and make disciples. Dom said on the day of Pentecost, they were filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke in other tongues. And I love the boldness of Peter. I love the fact that one minute Peter's denying Christ, one minute he's like, no, I don't know Jesus. Don't stone me. To the next thing, he gets filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. He goes out and he stands on the balcony and he looks out and he's going, I've just been in a Sunday service. No, I don't know if it was Sunday, so don't hold me to it. But the truth is he'd been in a place where God had come and done something with other believers. And he stands on the balcony and he says, we're not drunk. We're not crazy. We're not people that you think we are. We have been filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. And he starts to preach like never before. And just as John said, 3,000 people became believers that day. Come on, Holy Spirit, can you do it again? Can you do something in us that's going to change us? Can you do something in us that's going to break open the ground again? Can you do it, God? Can you do it? Can it be just like the day of Pentecost? It's happened before in our nation It's happened in your nation. Can it happen again? The purpose of the Sunday is to do something in the believers that sends us out of this place with with the words across the door. You are now entering your mission field. Go. It's the planning service. It's the service of coming and encouraging one another. Yeah, I know your battle's been great this week. I know you've had to face the enemy, but you know what? We're here, we're championing you. Come on, rise up, you can do it. And then suddenly inside, we're like, yeah, I'm ready to go again. I'm gonna see whatever I can see happen. I'm gonna do what God's asking me to do. I may come back the next week a bit bit battle weary. 
But then suddenly, I stand and I worship. Someone comes up and encourages me. Someone loves on me. Someone says, you're going to make it, Ruth. Come on, you can do it. You know that anxiety? We're going to walk the distance with you. Come on, let's praise in the midst of it. Come on, let's just lift up the name of Jesus. And we get filled up again, ready to go. That we believe for a moment that God can break the chains that hold us back. I don't want a dead church because it's not purposeful. It's a waste of time. We might as well go home. We might as well not even be here because if we're just ticking a box to come to church and go, yep, done my duty. I'll be back in three weeks. What's the point? The point is we come because the Sunday is so valuable. Because Monday is coming. Monday is coming. Am I all right? Am I too hard? You okay? See, after Sunday, Monday comes. And this is where God has been challenging me to allow my life to encourage others to find Jesus. Just because I go to church on Sunday, that isn't enough to go and be the witness to those around us. It's so important that we activate what we receive. If God's going to move upon us, we need to activate it. There's no point me being filled up and going, oh, that was so good. Oh, I feel so much better. No way, I'm not going out to talk about Jesus. They'll kill me. It's like, God, I'm filled up and I can't wait to tell people about who you are. And we don't have to have a personality that's um, over the top. We don't have to have the outgoing personality to share Jesus. Because it's actually not about our words. It's better that we say less, but demonstrate who Jesus is through our life, our everyday part of our life. So if we're going to go out on the Monday, we have to have authenticity in our life. We can't be a fake We can't be what we are on a Sunday and then walk out and then be something totally different. We need to live and walk the faith every day. So that means that when we are going through our difficulties, because remember, we are human beings and remember that we are going to face all different chapters in our life. There's going to come at times where our life feels like it's extraordinary. And then there's going to be other times where things aren't going the way that we'd like to. And that is not the time that we turn away from God. That's not the time that we back back from being who God's asking us to be. Actually, that's the time that we press in. You know, we sing that song in the fire he was with us in the water he parted the sea God's right there standing right beside us whatever it is but we raise a hallelujah we praise him we worship him and as we do that those circumstances may not change but people will see the response and the way you're walking through it it's not fake it's authentic and you mightn't even feel you're walking great But something shifts in our being when the trials and the temptations and all those things start to come and all of a sudden we just start to worship. 
I worship you, Lord. You are worthy to be praised. You are worthy to be honoured. You're worthy to be lifted up higher than anything else. We have passion. Let me say, let us not confuse passion as someone who is out there yelling, screaming, whoo, at a football game. I do laugh. I think it's really funny. We took Dom and Lou to um, our football, the real football of the world. It's called the AFL, Australian Football League. It's different. Uh, it's like, have, who's seen a game of AFL? Well, just a number of you, just a few. You're missing out. You really need to watch. And I encourage you to barrack for the Saints. They are the best team. And, um, you know, because we are Christians and we should stick with each other. So we took Dom and Lou and the boys to the AFL. And we're there. And it didn't take long before Dom and Caleb... We're there, standing up. Yeah, go Carlton. They're barracking for a team that I'm like, you're crazy. Nobody barracks for Carlton. But they were. They were passionate about this game that they didn't even really know about. (laughs) They were more passionate than myself and Lou. We were just having a great time drinking our coffee, eating our donuts, because that's what you do when you go to the football But see, passion isn't all about the yelling and the screaming. Passion is about knowing what you have inside of you that just oozes out. You can have the most quietest person that walks up to you and suddenly they just start to talk about Jesus in the most calm manner and you're there going, wow, such passion. Why? Because they're so in love with Jesus. So in love. So passionate about who he is. Our action, our faith must be put into action. People don't want to hear about it. They want to see it. In James 2.14 in the Passion Translation, my dear brothers and sisters, what good is it if someone claims to have faith but demonstrates no good works to prove it? How could this kind of faith save anyone? Too often we're too quick to push Christianity down people's throats. Or we don't even push it at all. But what we need to do is be filled up on the Sunday, ready to walk out on the Monday and say, Holy Spirit, who is it this week? Just imagine for a moment if every one of us in this room made a decision that on Monday we were going to pray when we woke up. Holy Spirit, will you lead me to someone today that needs to know you and enable me to show them you? We dared to pray that prayer. And on Tuesday, Dom and Lou get phone calls left, right and centre. I prayed the prayer and I met this person today and I was able to share about Jesus. I haven't seen them make a decision to follow him yet, but they were so keen. They were anxious. They wanted to know more. And so I asked them to come to church on Sunday and they're coming with me. Or I prayed the prayer and on Tuesday or even that actual day or on the Friday, God led me to this person and at the end of it, I was, I was leading them in 
a sinner's prayer and they were weeping and they met Jesus. And you know what else? They got filled with the Holy Spirit and started to speak in other tongues right there. And I didn't even know what happened because I was like, whoa. Wow. That, that's like a little bit like the book of Acts. Can we dare to believe? Can we dare to believe that we can see it? That we can see it? Because I can't do it all by myself. But as an army, we can rise up. As believers that meet on the Sunday in the corporate worship, to be there, to, to encourage, to uplift as we're battled in the feeling battle weary that we're being championed to rise up again, that something happens that changes the environment. But the responsibility actually comes back on us. It's a willingness to say, Sunday is here. We're in the Sunday service. Holy Spirit, do you reckon you could do something in me again? Do you reckon today, on this Sunday, you could ignite something in me? You could cause passion to rise up? Do you think I could have the piano, please? That would be so good. See, too often, we're waiting I'm wondering, but the Holy Spirit's saying, just bow your knee and allow me to do it. C.S. Lewis' quote says, when we Christians behave badly or fail to behave well, we are making Christianity unbelievable to the outside world. Gandhi said, I believe in your Jesus, but I don't know about Christianity. In Matthew 25, 31 to 46, I want to read this passage of Scripture to you. It's a compelling passage of Scripture. It's a challenging passage of Scripture. And as I read it, I would really love it if you could just shut your eyes. And as I begin to read, I, I want you to start to cry out to the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, Am I one of these people that's doing what Jesus wants me to do? And who is it that you want to lead me to? So in Matthew chapter 25 and verse 31, it says, But when the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the angels with Him, and He will sit upon His glorious throne. All the nations will get, be gathered in His presence and He will separate the people as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And He will place the sheep at His right hand and the goats at His left. And then the King will say to those on His right, Come you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then these righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you? 
or thirsty and show you hospitality or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will say, I tell you the truth, when you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. Then the king will turn to those on the left and say, away with you, you cursed ones, into the internal fire prepared for the devil and his demons. For I was hungry and you didn't feed me. I was thirsty and you didn't give me a drink. I was a stranger and you didn't invite me into your home. I was naked and you didn't give me clothing. I was sick and in prison and you didn't visit me. Then they will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and not help you? And He will answer, I tell you the truth. When you refuse to help the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were refusing to help me. And they will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous will go into eternal life. It's a challenging passage of Scripture. It's not one that we read lightly. It's not one that we read and we go, oh, yeah, oh, well. It's actually one that we read and we go, oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus, let me be the one that can feed the hungry. Let me be the one that's hospitable. Let me be the one that steps out of myself and doesn't just care about myself. Lord, as people come into my sphere of influence, let me see what they need and allow me to be the one that You can use to reach out to them. God, as people come into our church and they are people that don't look the way we want them to look or they're people that we look at and we think, oh no, what are we gonna do with these people? Give me the passion and the compassion to reach out. Give me what I need to do what I need to do. Lord, I want to be Your servant. I want to know that what I do for the least of these, I'm doing for You. We want to see the church filled to overflowing. We want to see every seat filled. I don't know about you, but I'm not happy about seeing empty seats. It grieves me. There's someone in your sphere of influence right now that needs Jesus. There's family members that don't know them. Be bold, be strong. Allow God to use you in whatever it is that you need to be used in. Allow Him to give you the right words. Allow Him to love them like you've never loved them before. Love them into the Kingdom. What about your neighbours? What about your work colleagues? What about the kids? They're in your school, in your universities. Do you see them? Or are they just people that you pass by? Ask God, Jesus, I'm not here on a Sunday just for me. I'm here for you to do something incredible because Monday's coming. Will you use me, Lord? Will you use me? I'm not outgoing. I'm an introvert. I'm going through stuff, Lord. I've got this anxiety. 
Lord, I'm feeling the stress of life. I don't know how I can be used, but I'll lay it down before you and say, here I am. I trust you, God. I trust you. Use me. Sunny Hill, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? not up to your leaders it's up to you because you won't be able to stand before the Lord and say well it's not my fault Dom and Lou never did it it's not my fault their programs didn't work it's not my fault they weren't friendly it's not my fault God's going to say it's not their fault why didn't you do it it's all of our responsibility we all carry it not just the evangelist anyone who declares that they love Jesus has a responsibility to share him Oh, will you do it again? Will you do it again? Will you do it again, God? Will you do it again? Will you ignite us? Will you fill us with the power? Will you overwhelm us with the authority and the anointing? Will you allow us to walk out knowing that greater is He that is in me than he that is in the world? Will you give me the boldness to say, I do not have any finances, but in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk? Will you give me the boldness to lay hands on the sick and see them recovered? Will you give me the boldness to be able to speak into people's lives where they may need it? Lord, will you give me the boldness to show who you are? Will you give me the boldness to share my finances? Will you give me the boldness to be courageous in all that I do? It's a cry you have to make. Yeah, but Ruth, God's not there for me. Oh, how wrong you are. How wrong you are. If you don't feel like God's there for you, you're wrong. He's there. You just forgot to allow him to be who God is. And you put him in your box, in your thinking, and you blamed him because it didn't work out the way you wanted it. But God's just there going, I'm in control, I've got it. Will you praise me again? Will you worship me again? Will you honour me again? Will you not blame me, but will you press into me? Will you lift my name up instead of putting me down? Will you come back into a place of understanding that I am the I am? I'm in control. So this morning, will you be bold enough to stand to your feet? Will you be bold enough to say, God, I want to be the one used by you? Will you be bold enough to stand up and say, in the midst of my difficulty, God, 
I'm going to press in because Sunday's here, Monday's coming. Use me. If that's you this morning, Sunny Hill as a church, if you are bold enough to stand to your feet and declare, Use me, God. The seat next to me, I want it filled. Use me, God. The row in front of me, I want it filled. Use me, God. My family member who doesn't know Jesus, I want you to use me. Use me, God. For the hungry that are hungry, I want to be able to be the one that feeds them. Use me, God. In my finances, I don't want to hold them to myself. I want to give them out. I want to do whatever I can. Use me, God. Use me in despite of what I'm facing right now, I trust You because You love me. There's a song, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to Him belong, they are weak, but He is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. And in turn, Jesus, I promise you, I will love others. Mother Teresa said, spread love wherever you go. Let no one ever come to you without leaving happier. A life not lived for others is a life not lived. Today. We want the power of God to come on us. We want to be encouraged, empowered and equipped because we want to see our society come to Jesus. So we stand today with a declaration from our lips. Here I am. Fill me up again. Oh, Jesus. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come and move. Holy Spirit, come and do something new. Holy Spirit, we cry out for your power. Holy Spirit, you are in control. Fall on us, fall on us. Holy Spirit, will you fall on us? Fall on us, fall on us. Holy Spirit, will you come? Will you ignite us? Will you cause us to know your power? Holy Spirit, we surrender our lives. We surrender our lives. Holy Spirit, we trust you. cry out, igniting us, a freshness, and let us break our hearts, let our hearts be broken, Lord, let our hearts be broken for what breaks yours, 
us leave this building with an understanding that it's all about you. It's all about you. It's all about you. Fall on us. Fall on us. Oh, fill us up. Come on, press in. Come on, press in. Start to reach out. Start to declare out of your mouths. Start to cry out for those ones that you love. Start to cry out for those ones you see in the kingdom. Start to ask God, fill me up. Empower me. Enable me. Let me know that you are in control. Call upon Him and He will come and He will do what needs to be done. It's a requirement inside of us. It can't be waiting for Him. It's a cry out. Holy Spirit, I ask You, I beg You, come and pour Your Spirit upon me afresh. Do it, Lord. Do it again. Do it again. Because Sunday's here. But Monday's coming. 